welcome. Well, welcome, John. Nice to be here. How did you find out about Zen Bitch Slap? Uh, a friend actually told me about you a couple of years ago, and I just never tuned in. And then, like, maybe a month ago, I saw a video of you, one of your, probably the first time you ever did the talk about, like, the lion and the sheep. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it was like, I don't know, I've been reading way too much stuff for way too long and watching non-duality videos and that one just really laid me flat so i started listening to a bunch of your talks and i was like well i guess i'll go to the satsang and see what it's like oh great great well well hopefully it'll be like the uh sheep and the lion <laughs> that's hopefully the video really could have been the last one and the first one <laughs> no yeah i know i think i've heard you mention though that sometimes it takes a little bit of repetition it seems to be the case with me yeah well the thing with the sheep and the lion as it was presented the finale is when the young lion sees its reflection with the older lion in the waterhole yeah mm -hmm. That's sort of it and then it ends there but what we've discovered is uh, what happens when the old lion splits and the young lion leaves the waterhole is not seeing his image or the clarity of it. What happens to the young lion? So the young lion walks away and then the, the sheep programming kicks in and says, I just had an incredible lion experience as the sheep. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's sort of like a carburetor in the old cars. If you had an old beater and you would usually be equipped, you'd have a little gas in the trunk and some other stuff. And let's say the car didn't start. So you'd have your friend open the hood and then take the can and just drop a couple of drops of gas in the carburetor and, you know, press on the gas pump it and then it usually fires up yeah and then uh at that point if you add more gas it's gonna flood it so this idea of the uh water hole and seeing you know having one of those ahas uh is like that it triggers but the problem with the thing is the system, the, me the mental mechanical system kicks in and claims it like it's been doing everything else, yeah? So you, the revelation of your own nature becomes an experience you as a sheep had. And now it sets off seeking, obviously, because the sheep is the dominant reality and the experience of a line is a phenomena line, yeah? So now the sheep, start searching for more lion experiences. And then the addiction that's disguised as spiritual seeking starts occurring. Yeah. So uh, when I went to satsangs and the satsang would bring you to that waterhole with the image, I found that there was a necessity to sort of provide the warnings of what's going to happen if you don't have the neighborhood waterhole and the old lion uh, available at all times, yes? <laughs> you have to see something that you used to look from. Because if you see it, meaning being aware of it, uh, what you may be aware of is it's not you. And what you become aware of that is implying to be you, it's insinuating it's you, it's taking for granted that it's you, and it's talking seemingly to what you are as what you're not but you think it's you so you don't but then the mechanicalness does so i found the more important message is what happens after the waterhole yeah 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 so can i actually on that so like i guess like over the years like i think that was one of the things that made me stick around and want to come to the satsang is it was listening to one of one of your recorded talks where it struck me that like the spiritual seeking like you like the way you say it this idea of the spiritual seeking itself being an addiction that reinforces this idea of the self that doesn't exist like yeah. 
that was something that made really like gave me pause. Like I had to like stop because that I was like, oh my God, that describes the last several years of my life. Um, but, but like, so talking about like lion experiences, like I'm sure probably everybody here has some one or two or three or a dozen peak experiences that like, like seem super noteworthy and yeah, exactly. Like trying to reproduce them. Like how, yes, how do you not? not like how do you not try to reproduce that or what 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 was actually this is how we actually happened hold on one second you you skip over uh trying not to do something or trying to do something you just uh see there is it isn't you that's trying to do something or not do something yeah so when that movement of trying to do something isn't accompanied with this the assumption it's you the interest will will be lost in that activity, yeah. And so basically, uh, you won't give a shit, <laughs> really, if you're going to try something or not try something, because you've lost interest because it's not you, yeah. So this isn't about uh, another order after you've you know. All right, I've got to stop looking. No, you don't have to stop looking. You just see that you're not that which is looking. Yeah. You know, I mean, which is being implied to be the looker. That's all. That's the message. So it's it's very disarming and there's no lifting whatsoever. The whole idea is uh, you stop trying to get out of what you're not in and you stop trying to get into what you're not out of. Yeah. Yeah. Not by that which is taken to be you stopping, but losing interest in that thing that keeps going, trying to get out of what it's not in and into what it's not out of, yes? So you see the same activity, but you don't have a dog in the hunt anymore, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And if you're not running with it, you get a much better view of that train when you're not running along with it. Yeah. So when there's the identification as the one that's got to stop doing something or the one who has to start doing something new, you're you're trying to understand something that's moving and you're trying to run along with it. When you get off that hunt, then you see it. Yeah. And so now there's an awareness of what you actually used to start from or what you look from. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of revelation there. Yeah. Not to you, but about a you that you're not, yeah? Not to you, but about a you that you're not. That's the revelations, yeah? So what happens, I feel, it could look different. It can take a lot of different forms, but the, the sense of it is you lose interest in the need to be liberated. So you're liberated from that need to be liberated, yes? You're liberated from having to get it. You're liberated from having to understand it. You just are it. Yeah. So <laughs> you can't arrive at there because you've never left. The weird way you do it is by seeing what you're not or becoming aware of the activity that implies what you're not gives you a sense of what you are. Instead of looking for it from what you're not, you see what you're not looking for it. Yeah. And there's a sense of being what you are, yeah. And that sense goes a long, long way. And that sense doesn't need to be reinforced because what it rests in is completely sound, the I am. There's no need for it to have crutches or have it jacked up or supported. You don't have to remember it because you can't possibly ever forget or remember it. It's, it's like a knowledge before acquiring knowledge. Like a lot of us have been trying to acquire a lot of knowledge, but there's a knowledge that's not of that quality. It's knowing, not learning to know, but knowing, yeah? Uh, and we have a lot of examples that try to impress upon us what that implies, but there's a feeling like for me, when I heard satsang at one point, I heard it and it was like an unspoken yes. Yes, it just reverberated. 
And then at one point, I realized, man, this is a knowledge before knowledge. Yeah, it's something that's known before it could ever, that's knowing before it could ever be known. Yeah, so uh, the, the, the idea of understanding and intellectually grasping and uh, aligning yourself with it and integ in integrating with it in your life I don't see that as necessary. I think that's beside the point. Yeah. You're just going to find out. Yeah. It's going to be revelatory. You're going to try, and hopefully you have the, that high form of Zen mind, which is I don't know. So it's much easier. So you don't have to break through the, the defense of thinking you know already. And you're in a, a much more, let's say, the petals of the flower are open so they can receive the bee, you're in an I don't know, yeah? I mean, how can you know what's indescribable or incomprehensible? I mean, it's insane. So, uh, yeah, I hope this uh, these little get-togethers reinforce that which doesn't need to be reinforced, yeah? <laughs> there you go. So can I, yeah, yeah, can I ask? I'm not speaking at you. I'm just riffing, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I know. I know I'm not, sorry. I just, so when you talk about this loss of interest, like, like I feel like that's, I've been losing interest for some time, like over the years in a lot of things that used to fascinate me. Hold on one second. Hey, Mike, some, there's some sound on? That's uh, when I have to mute John. So thank you, John, for going back and forth. He's unmuting himself because your computer sound is so good now, it picks up echoes from people's systems. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All so right. He's, he's having to mute and unmute in order to. All right, All right John. Okay. So when this loss of interest starts to set in, and I feel like it, it has in some ways, like I find that what will happen is like, I'll have moments where there's nothing I need to do, which isn't a lot because I got like kids and stuff, but like all of a sudden this moment will come along where there's nothing I need to do, but there's just this like anxious tension. Like I should do something. And that's where I would normally be like, listen to another talk or like meditate or whatever. Like, what do what do I do in those moments? Like, what well, like what's supposed to happen if I don't have interest in anything? What I just stare at a wall? Like I. Well, what you're not going to try to do? It's going to try the. It's going to interpret a sensation as uncomfortable and try to get you to do shit. Yeah, that you can know clearly. Now, maybe just maybe you can stay in the pause a little longer than you usually do. And shit will be revealed, yeah? It's sort of like uh, the turtle sticking its head out of the shell. It's a beautiful recognition of the failedness of what has been relied upon, yeah? Okay. Yeah, so just go through the little discomfort. It's gonna br bring about a longer lasting ease, yeah? instead of aligning with the idea that it's you feeling uncomfortable and now have to do something, yeah? Or just when you do something, just see it as not you doing it anyway. So the whole thing will lose interest, yeah? It will be beautiful, really. And then that interest will enrich your day instead of being used to enslave it to this idea of self, you know? This idea of being the doer, the thinker, the feeler, all of that. Uh, the interest and attention many, many times is directed by the head to support that reinforcement of that idea of the doer, the feeler, the thinker, the body and stuff. If, if, that, if there's a loss of interest in that, that interest now will be enriching your day instead of enslaving your day. And I'm sure a lot of people could share what it's like to have an enriched day than a, a day of slavery. Yeah. They're traveling lighter or whatever. There's a lot of ways of implying it, but it's the feeling that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So nice, John. Happy you're here. And yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah. We'll move on and stuff.
And Mike, anyone else? Oh, you could Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear oh. you. Yeah, because uh, Irene just put up her head, hand. And thank you, John. Irene put up her head and her hand. All right, Irene. Uh, you're Hello. muted, Irene. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes. So thank you, everyone. I've really been enjoying these satsangs with you. I really appreciate, Paul, when you say the concept of our primary addiction as being addicting addiction to self. Yes. I've lived a life. I've chosen this personality that's been very attracted to many processes and substances. Uh, the 12 step has helped me deal with alcohol, drugs. So they no longer speak to me, although I still struggle with sugar, my primary drug of choice. Um, I'm reading your book, Under Arrest. Yes, yes. I'm finding, I'm looking for some way back to the 12 step. I left 12 step decades ago. I couldn't deal with what I perceived as a lot of judgment and shame and guilt stuff. And so what I'm noticing now is as I read your book on the steps and connecting with that bigger concept, adding the non-duality to the 12 steps, I'm finding that very helpful. Yes. And I guess I just wanted to let you know that I'm very grateful for all of you and enjoying these words and still traveling much lighter in many, many ways still struggling at times I forget so easily I think that I am this person I'm in the process of retiring and letting go of decades of working as a nurse so I'm retiring in the next few months and that's bringing up a lot of attachment to self attachment to personality attachment to role and it's wonderful that I'm able to be with you in these satsangs because it helps me remember truth of what I'm not. And so I guess I just wanted to check in because today was a tough day at work. I work with people who are dying and some days it's so easy to get lost in the pain and the suffering and the projection and the emotion. And I come home and sometimes I simply forget and sometimes I remember I guess I just wanted to share that part of me with you, with you all today. Well, thank you, Irene. Do you do a, like a clearing when you get home energetically? I do you usually use, um, I work about an hour away from where I live. I recently bought a home here in Southern Cal. And um, so I have about an hour's drive and I use that time to process and to release and to let go of the energies of it's not the patients themselves because death is very comfortable, but it's the family's energy of, you know, holding on to their loved one. And that's what it's easy to buy into the pain of not letting go. So yes, I do have processes that I do. And still some e evenings I get home and all I want to do is not, I don't want to, you know, I just, just want to check out. Yeah. And that's fine it's, too. Yeah. And sometimes the way I want to check out is not a healthy way. Sometimes I'm, and I, I hear you. And whenever the body says, oh, you know what? Just fuck it. Just eat some junk food and you'll feel better. So that voice still speaks to me as, and then I step back and I realize it's just this personality who knows that if she can curb the edges for a few hours, then she'll get through the night. Yeah. And we, you know, yeah. to me, the uh, the drama of being a person and mm -hmm. in a condition of separation and needing things that aren't readily available. They have to be gotten or felt or something. Mm. So that, that play could be presented in a closet or in a big arena. This is what the message is. The message allows the space of of the event to be influential to the event, yeah? Instead of the event 
having everything shrunk down to its little stage, yes? We don't do that, that's what happens. So there's, uh, that which would like, if, if it would be like if a fish, after seeing all these things in the water, started seeing all these things in the water and saw the water, yeah? felt the context, mm -hmm. there would probably be an ease and comfort the fish would experience that it never had experienced before, yeah? Not that it evaded all the fish that wanted to eat it, but just a sense of this space brought a certain leavening agent to the, because the dreaming is in proportions too, yes? So there's a lot of mountain ranges made out of molehills. Yeah. yeah. And if, but the space is always, it's not formed. It's not less or more. It just is. And I think that brings a very good uh, influence. It goes unnoticed most of the time, but definitely not unfelt. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you see, you go through what you have to go through, but it doesn't go as long and it isn't as high a volume. Yeah. So to me, that's the, the, uh, the act of, in a way, dreaming oneself out of the dreaming. And as you do, the dream gets happier. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you. And even when I notice this, the personality, the ego chooses to believe that this is real. And I choose to behave in a way a person would. I travel lighter in that I'm the bigger awareness who I am in truth is noticing that. And I'm more okay with that because I'm noticing that I'll hopefully lose interest eventually in all these, what I call addictions to whatever. Be careful about that choosing though idea because uh... There's a, a beautiful statement out of a little booklet about Ramana Maharshi's teachings. And if you've read, there's been many people who wrote about his teachings. And when they would have question and answers, they always would end up at one time or another. The question would be, is there free will and mm -hmm. or predetermination? Or is it predetermined that you have free will or some combination? And so he would answer, and the one time he answered was, uh, if there's a sense of individuality, and a sense of individuality, I would say, can appear as a sense of choice, yes? Mm -hmm. If there's a sense of individuality, then there's going to be a sense of free will. So if you want to see if there's free will or not, really just look at is there a sense of individually individually individuality or not and there is a sense but if there if that's all there is there isn't an individual yes there's just a sense of individuality yeah right so a lot of the experience we have is accompanied with the sense of individuality but the head wants to imply that it's the individuality that's having that sense, yeah? But it mm -hmm. is, see, so uh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful direction because a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to figure out if they have free will or predetermination, but all the while there's a sense of individuality that's doing its magic trick it has you believing you're an individual. <laughs> yeah. So the sense of individuality, it, it's like uh it's like the action figure with the accompanying, you know, accessories. So one of the accessories of the sense of individuality is a sense of free will. Yeah. So <laughs> The head is always going to talk as if it chose or it did this. And this is why some people are held, they're pinned down on the mat of life after 35 years with guilt and shame based on something they really had absolutely nothing to do with, that their head has them as the doer of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you see it and that loosens up. Yeah.
Yeah. So, uh, see, the space can be the space, and there can be chaotic appearances in it. You don't have to be rid of chaotic appearances to sense the space. Mm -hmm. The space is prior. Yeah. You're sensing everything else from the space. So mm -hmm. a lot of times we keep thinking there's requirements, even if they're subtle, there's a requirement for it to be available. No, there isn't. Yeah. All those requirements are on our side, the side that we're not. Yeah. And some of the, this is what gets worn out after years. You just, all that subtle sense of being the doer or the uh, the historical doer or the this or that it gets it gets uh it's like a henna tattoo you don't wash it off it just fades yeah it fades over time yeah yeah so you'll even feel lighter concerning the stuff you just shared and i imagine you're spending a lot less time around that neighborhood than you used to. So basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you can see this. You can see the solution in the smallest of things, or in the giant, profound things. Yeah? yeah, I mean, that's why I like to use the term "dog shit awareness." It's just uh, you don't escape. the experience of life, how it is. It just allows you to travel lighter through it. It may not, in, things may not all get great, but whatever ever life has in store for you in this story, you'll travel lighter through it. And really as the action figure, as an event, not as your nature, but as an experiential event, we're living as if we're an action figure, that action figure, not based on its own uh, abilities, will travel lighter. And it will notice that and have some fucking gratitude and start honoring stuff. And he, some really nice qualities get demonstrated by the action figure. And you may be used to its demonstrating lower qualities, but it has the ability to demonstrate some high qualities also, which is gratitude, wonder, or AWE, yeah? Mm -hmm. Feeling like it's being moved and directed. And yes, it's beautiful. So uh I mean, if we're in a if we're in a mural of a dreaming, uh you can see your role as as the brush and the paint. It's awesome in a way. Yeah. 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 You can have some incredibly beautiful moments, no grasping or collecting or trying to package them. You just let them come as easily and let them go as easily as they came. Yeah. Not with any effort. You just, <laughs> just, uh, you know, like your hands, if you believe you have hands and you fall, you're going to try to grasp whatever you can. But if, what would happen if you couldn't grasp anything, the old joke would be, you'd find out they were wings. Yeah. So mm -hmm. uh, this is what I love about, Compassion, compassion sometimes starves you as the questioner so that you realize you're the answer, yeah, instead of getting answers. Yeah. Yeah. So I know I went off on a tangent, but thanks, Irene, for your share. And thank I'm you. Be happy you're here and you bring a lot to the to the Zoom. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Irene. Anybody else want to raise their hand? Oops, there we go. Uh, Craig May. And Craig May, thank you for the clouds. Craig May. G'day, Paul. Hello, everyone. Um, Paul, you know those, th those beautiful, short, succinct, cryptic sayings that you're so fond of, whether it's Wang Po or St. Francis or something Christ said, or you said something the other day that really um, knocked it out of the park for me. You said that faith in the infinite is not listening to the head. Yeah. I thought, I thought, fucking whammo. That just struck a big chord for me. But 
it's like the second movement that needs to be seen. What you were talking about earlier tonight is that the head's going to claim to be the one that's just freed itself from the head. Yes. That's how audacious it is. It's like the, um, it's like the lion walking away from the waterhole. That programming is just going to do a little zip, zip. And that, I think you're right. I think that's, it's more important to see that movement than, an, than, the, than the first one, as beautiful as the first one is. But I think why those, why those sayings are so powerful is because the truth isn't complex. The truth isn't complicated. It's the, it's the head. That's where all the fucking complications are. Um, and, you know, the makeup it's of the action. It's direct also. It's direct, Craig. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I don't... Um, you are what you're looking for. I don't know what you... What more do you need than, than that? Uh, you don't need 800 pages. No. But... Um, yeah, it just... To me, that was so beautiful when you said that. Faith in the infinite is not listening to the head. Yes, because you can't describe faith in the infinite, but you no. can describe uh, what you've lost. That's exactly right. It's just and I think it's, yeah, that's yeah. right. You don't place your faith in anything. You just no. redraw your faith from what isn't true. And no. then there's a grace. there's a grace that comes in. You don't do the grace, but the grace does you. Yes, I would say so, yes. Yeah. That's why it's uh, it's a disarming, yeah? Now, you may be armed again, but you're not going to sew your own uniform and choose your own gun, yeah? Yeah. You're going to find out what the regalia is. Yeah, it's like seeing the emperor um, with no clothes when he's got his full royal regalia yeah. on. You What's see the straight? point of only being able to recognize the emperor when it has no clothes on? Yeah. That's not yeah. going to be a daily event. Right. You need the daily recognition, even while it's wearing clothes, that the emperor has no clothes. That's yeah. the knowledge we're talking about. Yeah. The knowledge isn't seeing the emperor with no clothes. The knowledge is knowing the emperor has no clothes. And it may have been triggered by having that moment of seeing the emperor with no clothes. But if then you start searching to keep seeing the emperor with no clothes, yeah, there's a reliance on something other than that knowing that the emperor has no clothes. Yes? Absolutely. It's different. So then you're not relying on the infinite. You're relying on the finite that has claimed to be the seeing of the emperor with no clothes. Once again. Yeah, so this is why knowledge of self is valuable because you're going to self isn't the source of existence it's an appearance so you can describe the conditions that allow it to appear what gives it time to appear and actually length of time to do something yeah you can describe that shit you can because you see it because Whatever is, whatever is manufacturing on the stage, there's an audience there of space, yes? There's an awareness of it. We are looking from the audience concerning the play. We're not trying to figure out the play in the play. We're seeing the play from the audience point of view. Yes? Yeah. That's when the emperor in that one, let's say the second act, right at the end, before intermission, the emperor is seen with no clothes, yeah? Then the third act starts, he shows up with clothes and everyone in the play falls for it, but the audience has it now because the audience remembers what it looked like at the second, you know, at the end of the second act, yeah? And it doesn't matter how many acts come after that, it has a knowledge that the emperor has no clothes. Yes. So the seeing isn't it. It will be great if there's events of seeing, but it's not necessary anymore. It's done its job. Yes. Yeah. But some people get addicted and they want to keep triggering the event of seeing the emperor with no clothes. 
their head does. Yeah, so we have information about that. So maybe, and like our friend said, John, he was wearing a pair of shoes and finally they fit. Yeah, he had them on for a while, but they finally heard something and that what he heard opened up the idea, hey, these shoes fit. Yeah, so this is the point. The knowledge is triggered maybe by the seeing, but it's not from the seeing. It's be, it's there. Yes. Yeah. So the seeing the upper with no clothes. <laughs> All right. Maybe it can be sustained for a week in retreat with managed, managed, controlled environment. But as soon as you leave the retreat, there you go. The emperor appears with a new suit and you fall for it again. <clears throat> yeah. What are you going to do? Go on a longer retreat? That's what it usually comes up. I got to do more. I got to see the emperor with no clothes more. <laughs> so people set up the environment. They, you know, tantric practice. Veggie foods, great desserts, rolling hills, beautiful. Oh, it's so easy to see the emperor with no clothes. Yeah, exactly. But how about seeing him with no clothes when it has clothes on? That's dog shit awareness. That's Zen bitch laugh, really. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't Absolutely. want you to see it in a fucking controlled environment. Because when you leave that... You're gonna be the you're gonna be the seer of that, and you're gonna want to see it again, and that's spiritual addiction. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> there is a point. There's con you're convinced, not you. There's a convincing that the emperor truly has no clothes, even though it has a huge walk-in closet. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much gear it has. It doesn't have any clothes. <laughs> on or off. Yes, it's not only based on off. I recognize it when he has no clothes, then he has no clothes. That's easy. But how about recognizing he has no clothes when he has a huge giant, some robes on and with a loving gaze or whatever else. Yeah, it's nice to see. <laughs> so there all right craig if you do we want to go into your corner um, yeah well I've, yeah i've got something do you want to go there on, let's open it up all right craig's corner craig's corner wow right. and this it's funny because that this just popped into my head just before you asked me it happened a while ago but I was down, I go down the botanical gardens here in Melbourne quite regularly. It's beautiful down there. And I was down there one day and there's a couple of spaces I like to go to because um, there's a couple of beautiful elevated spots where the space opens up in front of you. It's magnificent. You know, you're at the top of a elevated spot under magnificent old trees and the space opens up over the lake. It's beautiful. This particular day, I was, I was heading for one of those spots and I noticed a bench uh, just over to my left. I don't know why, but I just went over and I sat on that bench. That little bench was, it was sitting about four or five metres in front of a tree with all this dense shrubbery around it. So when you sat down, you virtually looked into a, a wall of green. So it's the, why, I went, why I went and sat there, well, I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, a bird starts singing. I mean, this bird wasn't just singing. It was fucking, it was, it had an instrument and it was just letting it do its thing. If John, Col if John Coltrane was a bird, this is what it would have sounded like. It was magnificent. And it was ringing out through the place. It was a beautiful, quiet morning. And it was echoing. I remember looking up, I remember looking up to my right in the sky as though I could see the sound. It was just magnificent. And this bird, it would do a pattern. It would do this little, do, 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 and then it would do another pattern, and then it would come back to the first pattern. 
It was just gorgeous, the tone of it and everything. Anyway, I lost myself completely in it. It was just so majestic. And then I sort of come back down and I was looking at the bush in front of me and you could pinpoint where the sound was coming from. Couldn't see the bird, but you could pinpoint. It's, it's coming right there. And I got curious. I wanted to see the bird that was making this magnificent sound. So I got up. I got up out of the seat and I hardly had my ass out of the seat. My legs hadn't even straightened. The birds, it stopped. It just stopped, the sound. And I didn't know what to do. I was standing there. Um, it was like I was caught in the spotlight. I was, I was thinking like, shit, he's watching me. What do I do? I look back at the seat. And I'm looking at the bush and thinking, do I sit back down or do I go? And <laughs> I didn't know what to do. So in the end, I thought, bugger it. I'll go and, have a, I'll go and see if I can spot him. So I, went, I didn't go directly up to the bush. I went around the bush and come in by the side to see if I could. I was having a look and see if I could see him. And I couldn't see anything in there. But I was sure he was still there. And I'm looking and I'm looking. And then I see a little twitch. And I catch a glimpse of him. Well. This, this, this was the scruffiest, tiniest little bird you've ever <laughs> seen. It was the most unassuming thing. It looked shelved and it was dusty. In fact, it looked like it had just, it had been out drinking all night and it rolled, it's rolled out of its nest on the back of a couple of hours sleep. You know, it looked, <laughs> it looked really disheveled and, and it was self-conscious. It knew I was watching it and it was, it was sort of tweaking up and back, backing up the um, little branch. You know, I was getting a little nervous. And I was thinking, all right, I don't want to fuck with you anymore. I'll go back down. I'll go back around. I'll sit down again. So I did that. I sat down and it took about 10 seconds. And off it went again. Just this magnificent, it went off in its riff. It was beautiful. I wish I could um, put it into words what it sounded like. It was so beautiful. It really was. And it was just, it was like a natural amphitheater. It was just ringing out through the place. It was gorgeous. It was truly gorgeous. And I had to, I had to get back home to do something. I had, I, um, I had about, I don't carry a phone or a watch, but I knew roughly how much time I had. So I thought I've got about another 20 minutes I can sit here and, and just um, lose myself in this. And I, I did. And it was just so gorgeous. And then, I thought it's about 20 minutes later. I have to get, I have to make my way home now. And I got up and I walked out. He didn't stop this time. I got up and walked out, out of the gardens and I could hear him all the way. It was so beautiful. It was almost like he was, <laughs> he was saying, thanks for coming, you know? Thanks for listening. Yeah, but it was gorgeous. It really was gorgeous, but I'll never forget. I'll never forget seeing him because I was expecting to see this regal, you know, this regal bird on the branch that was, you know, it wasn't, it was, it was not like that. It was the scruffiest, tiniest little thing you could ever see. But Jesus Christ, could he belt out a tune? Magnificent. It was beautiful. So there you wow. go. Well, another lovely visit to Craig's Corner. Yeah. And I wonder if I'll see him again one day. We're all the better for it. See now we have a more hope because we're gonna hope we 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 hope we're gonna see you again, Craig. Are oh, you will, man? Sure. A little scruffy bird <laughs> singing the lost note of non-duality. Well, and I think I think those moments, I think they say it all. If that's not traveling lighter, or, or I don't know what is, what is, you know. Exactly. The thing is, you could have had 10 people on that bench and 10 people yep. had 10 different experiences of that. I was just going to say, on yes. a weekend, it's chaos down there. There's people everywhere. And I could just imagine that little bird sitting on that branch and people picnicking everywhere. I could imagine, you know, 70 or, no, I don't know, 30 or 40 people in the vicinity and this bird singing its ass off and not one person noticing. Well, that's the thing here, right? We give it uh, everything, all the meaning it has. So, 
All you that were you just hearing, you were just hearing a, a, an aspect of beauty in you playing out there for you. Yes. Yeah, man. Nice. Here, the first day I've heard a mockingbird today was today. Yeah. I've been living at this place for six years, and every year, it's a great that thing can sing. Yeah. So every year it shows up is the first time I've heard it in a couple of months. So it's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're going to have a whole lot of, uh, they go off like crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it's great. Thank you, Craig. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for letting me share. Oh, no problem. Uh, anyone else, Mike? Yeah. Alan, Alan Olson. Hey, Alan. Oh, Alan. How are you, Alan? you're muted there you go hey hey all hey mike hey good to see everyone i uh i never have anything to say and i always have questions and they never get answered i just get more confused <laughs> but uh yeah, I just, the only thing I ever noticed is that Alan never gets it. I just, I don't get it. I mean, I, <laughs> I something, something's happening. I mean, that's the only thing that I recognize is that I recognize that I don't get it as much as I work at it. I don't get it. So that's the only thing that's being noticed. Great. So is that all that's ever going to happen is Alan's never going to get it? Well, um, I don't know about the first part, but the second part, Alan's never going to get it. Yes. <laughs> being, I think that's been demonstrated. Yes. Well, yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I've, I've done the Course in Miracles for years, you know, I do the lessons and I, I never, I feel, always feel like I never quite get it either. And uh, remember what's telling you, you never got it, never get it. It's actually telling the truth about itself. It's never going to get it. But in fact, Alan, you are it. Yeah. That's why you can't get it. It can't get it because it ain't it. You can't get it because you are it. You see? No. <laughs> I just served you. Yeah. A little more confusion. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think turns into gold? Remember the old Superman TV show where you take a, a, a piece of coal and then squeeze it and make it into a diamond? Well, that's what's happening in a way. You're still seeing the you're seeing the process of the coal being squeezed. You don't recognize you're already the diamond. Don't worry. It's inevitable, bro. Finite a finite activity cannot outlast an infinite condition. So uh, you've got the winning hand. Don't worry. Well, I mean, is there is there some relief? I mean, I mean, I I. I don't, ha I don't carry much baggage, but I just, is, is it just wearing me out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <To> let, <laughs> yeah, I would say. All, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate you and everyone. And this is, yeah, this is such, such a blessing to stumble upon this and you and this is uh yeah it's it's the best thing so well we love having you alan and thank you for all the support and you're really uh what a beautiful donation coming from you got nothing <laughs> <laughs> yeah easy to give if you got something <laughs> to give when you got nothing is you know something which is nice yeah don't worry about it brother it's gonna wear out yeah it's telling <laughs> you it has 50 more layers you may be right at the last saran wrap <laughs> one more taking off 
But when you listen to it, it's going to tell you it's never going to occur. And then when you lose interest in that sufficiently, you'll see uh, it's so beautiful it never occurs because it's always occurring. Yes? It's way beyond having something. It is. It goes to the bone and the marrow. You are it. It's impossible to grasp that with a foreign system called selfing, yeah? But you are it. That's the beauty of it, yeah? You know, like sometimes here at these talks, people, I would imagine the person, the one, that person who's speaking and then the thing that thinks it's the it's the one that's being spoken about they have no idea that's of of the beauty that comes through them probably that's readily sensed on this end of the zoom yeah in a weird way like with alcoholism or addiction you, you always seem to be the last one that knows. Well, with the inherent beauty, I think it's the same uh, strange thing. You're like the last one that knows it, yeah? Yeah, Fit, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I feel like the last one, or I still don't care. <laughs> well, like we say in AA, keep coming back. Yeah. <laughs> something's working even though you don't think it's working that's the beauty thanks alan and listen it's not all about you alan you you we would miss you if you weren't here yes yeah maybe the whole point isn't alan getting it it's us getting alan so there there's been a huge success you show up and we get Alan. Maybe that's what really is your agenda. You're, that's your seat assignment is other people getting Alan, not you getting it. Yeah. Yeah. There's ways of seeing things in a lot of different ways. Thanks, bro. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. And ditto to what Paul just said. And then I can add similarly. To, to your subject matter, because I remember a couple years after coming, Paul, and you shared one time about how relatively recently for you, you said you really realized you weren't going to get anything, not it, but you said you weren't going to get anything. Yeah. And I, you know, like I was in the, in the vein of, you know, well, you know, big mind is going to get something through me. There's going to be, you know, it, it needs to wake up. You know, it's not me. I'm not going to get anything. But the the two just kind of came together where I realized it's still me thinking I'm going to get something. Yeah. And 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 then like you know the bottom being raised in AA, I I could really appreciate and respect that you said that and 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 learn from it, I guess, or or you know understand it better or or not understand it better, just like Alan was saying. You know, I don't know, just it's hard to express it, but just that nuance of whatever getting it or getting anything means. And, um, you know, it's not like I don't still react like Alan was saying, but I remember that, you know, and yeah. the significance of that and, and appreciating people coming here and like Alan saying what he said and <laughs> like really re repeating that we're really not getting anything <laughs> see the great thing with see the desire to get something is the way the the mental state extends its imaginary life yes mm -hmm. it wants to include it in zones it could never arrive at or never could exist in yeah and to see that not not getting fed You'll see, you'll see the nakedness of that desire, let's say. It's not your desire, it's the programming. Yeah. 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 I think that has a huge value to see that. 
you won't see it if it keeps grabbing things. When it's when there's nothing to grab, you really get to see the nakedness of it. It's sort of like the emperor with no clothes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like I'm a success tonight. That no one's getting. <laughs> really, I mean, shit. Yeah, I remember it was years. Uh, I was doing the talks and you could see there was this vague, like shadowy idea that it was going to get something out of all this emptiness. <laughs> talk after talk after talk. And then it was, it had a, it had a, like a rude awakening that it was never going to get shit. And it still was brought to the talk after the talk after the talk. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, a lot of times when people, you know, the head's slick in some ways, so it'll make it look like uh, I know I'm not going to get anything as something you got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but remember, all these like finite highways we end up on seemingly, they all have a dead end, yeah? The pavement runs out. There's no more curves. It's no incline, it's, it dies. You're convinced and things are really put to rest. They are, and you can have the joy of noticing it in this life, yeah? You believe this thing had a super long life and then it runs out and it's not being fed and it comes to an end and you're still here. Yeah. Yeah. So I have great faith in satsang. I do. Great faith in this little activity of getting together. Because just like we shared the other day about a statement by Nizagadatta where he said it's all that's needed is a clarity of understanding concerning the misunderstanding. Yeah. Yeah. To see the misunderstanding. Yeah. And what is that? The misunderstanding is that which is thinking it's acquiring understanding. The idea of you getting shit. Yeah. That's a misunderstanding. It's a stubborn one, but that's what it is. So seeing that from the clarity of understanding, which is seeing it from what we are, we will recognize it as not us. That's the clarity of understanding about the primary misunderstanding, which is the misunderstanding that I'm the one who has all these other understandings. Yes, there isn't one. Yeah. This is so incredibly valuable. It's valuable to see a desire sticking out with, no, with never and no fruit given to it. It's valuable because you'll recognize what you're not. You will. Yeah. And, and these roads that you've been paving in a way that you've been extending, the dead end will just naturally occur. You'll be convinced and then a whole lot of oomph will move somewhere else. And I believe that oomph moves somewhere else. The effect of that will be an enrichment of your day, not an enslavement of your day. Seriously, it can, that, it can be that profoundly different. The same energy, its effects can be that different based on what it's put in. Yes. So faith in the infinite rather than finite self. Tell the truth about faith in finite self. And the truth is that there isn't you having faith in finite self. It's faith in finite self that reinforces and emphasizes this idea of you. That's what it is. The you is not the horse in front of the cart. It's the cart after the horse. Yeah. There's selfing, and then there's a sense of self. There's no sense of self without selfing. None, ever. It has to be manufactured. Because it isn't, it isn't. 
It's not pulsating with I am right now. It, it claims the I am and verifies it with I was and I will be. And now we, the I am gets unemphasized and then Paul gets emphasized. And then that's the misunderstanding. We're misunderstanding, we're not. The head is misunderstanding the I am. It thinks it's Paul. <laughs> yeah, so the clarity of understanding, yes. I can't find that paper, but I'll try to find it. I usually run, someone sends me a statement and I can milk it for two weeks, maybe, but I can't keep going. I gotta give, I gotta bring out a new muffin from the bakery. I can't keep cooking the same. <laughs> I'm gonna go over the same thing in the Course in Miracles. I've been doing it for years. I try to keep it down to like twice a year or so, four times. <laughs> They're so perfect to get a point across. That's why I keep using them, really. So, all right. Thanks, bro. Anyone else? Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Alan. Uh, no hands up. Well, let's end the story tonight, eh? Hmm? Chapter. This chapter, the the incomplete works of Zen Bitchlap. Yes. <laughs> Volume 924. <laughs> it's an infinite amount <laughs> uh all right mike thanks so much and uh oh i want to announce that oh linda put her hand up oh uh, it's you're lost it went time went out all right go ahead <laughs> on. just joking it's, uh, hey. really... i'm sorry am i talking though yeah yeah, yeah. i can hear you yes um, I just wanted to say that I really feel for Ellen. I felt like I'd failed. And once I really embraced the failure, everything just dropped away. Yeah. Thank you. Is that all? You okay? She's nodding. Great, great. Thank you. All right. Well, let's uh, say good night. I wanted to bring up the retreat in October. We're going to be talking about this a lot because it brings me uh, joyous memories from the last retreat in Italy. So we're going to have it in October this year. I think it's October 2nd to the 9th down in Sicily. It's on the website. We'll have more information about the schedule. We'll probably be doing two talks a day and then a lot of eating and drinking cappuccinos and gelato and stuff. <clears throat> and uh, I hope people can come with us and enjoy it. And uh, hopefully it's going to become a tradition. So this year it's in Sicily, October 2nd, I think, to the 9th. And... Uh, yeah, the place looks pretty beautiful. It should be pretty cool. So, and uh, if you want to follow us on the Zoom, the Zoom, just go to Zen Zen Bitslap events, and all the Zooms are there, all the talks, and no password. Just go in. And Saturday there'll be a live meeting at the church in Marin City at one o'clock, and a Zoom at one Pacific time, as usual but we'll be at the church on Saturday. Uh, anyway, so yeah, let's say goodbye. So Mike, thank you. Linda, thank you for that share at the end. Yep. We've got Bill Churchman, always a pleasure. And Bill, we're gonna, go, we're gonna start setting up a, a, a visit to East Coast for late May, June. So we'll be coming back then. I'll talk with Mike and we'll try to do uh a week around the That'd area. be great. That'd yeah, be great. Yeah. We'll we'll get over there. Yeah, we'll probably go back to Doylestown again and stuff. Awesome. We got William S. Nice to see you, William, as always. David from Down Under. Craig May from Under. We got uh John Mandarano. Nice to see you, John. I think it was John. I can't see 
the, your first name. Jed, John, Jed, Miss Amelia, Tom, nice to see you, Tom. Irene, thank you for the uh, the presence. Yeah, very nice. Anu, there she is. We've got a uh, lovely Deborah from Alberta. Robert French from New Zealand. Nice to see Robert. How are you doing, my friend? Good. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of traveling, so uh, I haven't been on. Oh, fantastic, bro. Out, out there trying to recognize the emperor with no clothes, with clothes. <laughs> Having a bit of success, too. <laughs> Always oh, a pleasure, Robert. I'll meet you someday, I hope. So, yeah. yeah. Sherry, as always, down in San Diego. Nice to see you. Yes. Ham and cheese from Tucson. Uh, Esteban. Nice to always. Nice to see Esteban. Allen. Yeah. Miranda, 61. Woohoo. Fantastic. Susanna Werner, one of our best friends, a true friend of Zen Bitchlap, yes. Kenneth, as always, up in Vancouver. Marty, in the dark. Laurie, Bruce, oh, there he is. Nice to see you, Bruce. Uh, let me see who else is here. We've got, uh, I think that's, oh, Chris B from Massachusetts. Kathleen, happy. Uh, we got phone, oh, Mia, Mia down in Santa, somewhere, LA or San Diego somewhere, yeah. Grateful Dave, Lindy, Susan K, my latte lady, Gary Clark, thank you for all the donations, Gary. Keep up the lavish lifestyle uh yeah thanks everyone I had a what a pleasure to have all of you sitting in the space so appreciate it see you guys bye bye thank you good night